Rodgers has it. Gives to Franklin. He no, dies. No, I don't think no, he got it. I no, don't think he got out, it. The ball is out. The Bengals have scooped it up. Bouncing in the pocket, his throw caught at the 10-yard line. T. Higgins straight into the end zone. Touchdown, Bengals. It's a TD. Hello and welcome to episode 123 of Cincinnati, the Bengals. UK podcast and really it is a very large welcome indeed welcome 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 I've just given you a preview inside my head that is what is happening inside my head I need Nathan Palmer after a frantic frenzied week of free agency to calm me down welcome welcome nathan hello what a week my lad it, do you know for me honestly <laughs> there's no better week in the nfl calendar than free agency i i think they're missing a trick with putting some sort of tv show on for it that everyone gets on because it's such the draft is obviously the forte for everyone but i really do think that nfl free agency is one of the best things out there it's so exciting so many moves and i really do think the bengals have stepped up in the last couple of years and been a big player in it like one way or another good or bad whatever you think but what a time on the calendar oh man but my head is exploding it's exhilarating it's one minute you're up, one minute's a, one minute you're down. Uh, the Bengals, uh, you know, lost players, then signed players, and then lots of opinion on the internet, lots of rumours going around. Now we've got this Golladay uh, hashtag that's like number one trending in the in the US. You just never know where this is going to take you, and it's been insane, hasn't it? It's been absolutely insane. I haven't been able to concentrate. I'm talking a lot quicker. I think delirium has set in already. That's um, the drugs, though, son. Well, I wish. Um, <laughs> if I took any, I think my head would uh, explode. Welcome, 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 welcome. And um, my, yeah, it's just been, because I've been, I, as you know, I work at home, and uh, so basically that's the recipe for danger, because I'm just checking Twitter every every couple of minutes. And uh, retweeting everything and, you know, trying to keep the news cycle going. Um, what a crazy week. Um, it is obviously a very fluid situation. Uh, things might be happening uh, or have even happened when uh, you listen to this podcast. And as we're speaking right now, uh, a deal is on the table for ex-Detroit Wide receiver Kenny Golladay and uh, former Minnesota Vikings offensive tackle Riley Reef. Uh, who knows? I mean, even during the course of this program, we might hear some news on Riley Reef because he is in Cincinnati. I think uh, I think Mike Brown has chained him to the table. At least I think Bengals fans would if, uh, if they had the chance uh, to force some sort of signature. Um, where do we start? Where do we start? It's been a week of highs and lows, as I said, contrasting emotions. Um, just insane, Nathan, isn't it? It really has been. And I think 
with free agency, there's a tendency for fans to, I think when it all kicked off, there was an initial um, people like losing it a bit. that We were going to, you know, Carl Lawson was going to go and Jackson was going to go and we we're going to get no one in return. And I think initially there was a bit of a panic. And I think now that the process starts to move forward and we're into sort of day three, four now. Um, and all of a sudden everyone's starting to feel a bit more chilled out with some of the guys that are coming in. So, like I said, it's a fun period of time. And obviously, we've lost some guys, we've gained some guys, but um, we're going to dissect it all, son. We're going to go into it all. And Yes, we are. No. I'd, I'd love to know your what's your initial thoughts. Well, like, let's, let's, let's. Still early as well, because like well, you said, it's going it. to make all the difference in it. Because a Kenny Golladay signing, just as an example, that's a game changer. You know, that's a tier one free agent. Kenny Golladay is a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL, I would say, or certainly in the top half. There's no doubt about that. You sign him, it's a game changer. And I think that that's, you know, that's why this process is a drawn out one. You can't, like everyone on day one, it was a bit of a tough day one. Bengals aren't usually that active were really panicking and Bengals Twitter went into its full, full meltdown <laughs> no, mode of like, wow, oh, we're getting no one. Mike Brown's got no money. And all of a sudden now, like Golladay's on the table and you've got a couple of other guys that are rumoured and all of a sudden, all of a sudden it feels all right. You know what I mean? Well, yes. Oh, let, let's, oh, there's a lot to get through. And the temptation is to go right back to the start of Monday when the legal tampering process began. But that feels Do you like, like a bit of a legal tamper, son? Um... It has to be illegal. Uh, where, where have you ever? Ta- have you ever? Where, where, would, where would you say in your life? <laughs> have I tampered a, legally or uh, illegally? Like where would you? Where, like professionally, where would you say that's ever fell? Uh, I can't, have you ever tampered? I, depends what you. I mean, tampered is a very. It just sounds such a dodgy phrase, doesn't it? Um, I haven't tampered with anyone. Um, I haven't. <laughs> I have tampered a few things though that I don't think I should mention on air. So, uh, um, anyway, let's go back. No, we won't go back to Monday. Let's start with what the thing that everyone's talking about, shall we? Golly day! That's right, Kenny Golly day, as Nathan mentioned. Uh, one of uh, certainly the best wide receiver available in this free agency class. Um, I think late, late, things developed late last night, and I always thought, you know, we shouldn't we shouldn't really go after Golladay because we've got more pressing needs, and he feels like a very uh, a very luxury pick, you know. Um, and of course, yesterday AJ Green left. We'll get to that at some stage as well. Uh, and then woke up this morning uh, with reports saying that the Bengals had made an offer to Kenny Golladay, he's due to visit the Giants. Reports come through that he actually visited the Bears yesterday as well. Um, but we have an offer on the table, and there's certainly... <laughs> Bengals fans on Twitter went insane. The hashtag Golladay is now number one tre- trend, or whatever you call it, in the in the US. <laughs> People are going absolutely nuts. It is actually great fun, I have to say. Um but there are people out there saying, look, what the hell are we doing? We, you know, we, we, we've signed a few players. We've made some re-signings as well. Um, but we still haven't signed any offensive linemen. And that is the number one need. 
we don't need Golliday. What do you say to those people, Nathan Palmer? I think you have to open the draft up and you go and spend. I mean, again, we're talking speculatively here that they sign Golliday. Penisil should be there at five. I think certainly all the mock drafts I'm seeing recently have him there. Obviously, Slater will be there. Maybe you trade back. That, we're not going to get into the draft too much. And they are looking at Lyman. Like Riley Ref, like you said, is their very good player. I mean, he's coming in for a visit, as you were saying about changing. He's there the right table. now. I can see Big Jim tweeting a picture of him driving to the stadium to see what's going on. So I, I shall report any news on uh, what Big Jim is tweeting at the moment. Big Jim Foster, that is. He'd be an incredible sign as well. He's got a lot of experience. I think he's about 32, 33. He's been around the league. His PFF rating is fantastic. We, we don't necessarily need someone to come in at a sort of incredible all-pro level. You need a guy that's come in that's got some experience. He's worked with Mike Zimmer. You know, he would be a fantastic signing. And there's a few other guys still out there that have got some experience that could come in and challenge and hopefully outperform someone like Bobby Hart and certainly act at the very least at some quality, uh, quality competition on that line. So there's still some room there. There's a lot of free agents out there, certainly at the guard position as well. They're still to be signed. Kenny Golladay's a, a number one wide receiver. He's a top, like I said, he's a top half player at that position in the league if we were to get him in pair him with t higgins pair him with tyler boyd in the slot uh, in the slot that's an incredible wide receiver call like you you don't then need to sit there and take a jamar chase or devonta smith that like you've got a bit more room there you could trade back kenny got they're saying as well the wide receiver market is quite dull at the moment it's not really you know there's mm. some value to be had why do you think that is is it because is it just Principally because, um, you know, there are so many good play, good wide receivers in the draft and people don't want to overspend in free agency. I think you're bang on. and You saw the running back position devalue itself in the last couple of years. And I do think that maybe that's happening a little bit at the wide receiver position now. Um, there's a lot of incredible athletes coming out of college football um, that are maybe saturating the position slightly. But... That doesn't mean that someone like a Kenny Golladay that's healthy, and I know he struggled a bit last season. He didn't play as much as he would have liked. I think in um, 2020, he didn't have a big year at all. I think about three, 400 yards, a couple of touchdowns. But this is a guy that's had a couple of thousand-plus yard seasons. I think in 2019 in particular, he had a huge year touchdown-wise. Um, I mean, he's a guy that could come in. I know he's had Matt Stafford thrown to him, but... Joe Burrow would love to have him. I know on, he's a big guy when it comes uh, comes to contested catches. and I just think that from the Bengals' standpoint, we've got cap room. We can spend money, even if you consider him a luxury, even if you're saying, look, we should be spending on the offensive line, we should be spending on the defensive line. There's money to be spent. Let's have a luxury player in a position like this, in a Kenny Golladay, if, if you know if the money suits and the market is a bit tight at the moment and we get a good value on him, he'd be even for a year, even for a one year, whatever the, the money is, if it works for us, let's go. I'd be well up for it. I think he's a fantastic player. I mean, you know, what, do you, I was, what do you say there about that whole one-year thing? Is that is he using that as leverage uh, probably, for other teams? It, you know, he's, 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 not he, a, he's only been in the league a couple of years, the geezer. I mean, he's... He's only, I think he's what, like probably like 26, 27 years old. Like he's, 
he's got some tread on his tires. And I think the one thing for him that probably doesn't go in his favour is that I think his rookie year, he didn't have a great year. It was sort of a fairly pedestrian year. The last year he was injured. He had two very good years in 2018-19. But he's still young. You know, he's going to want a year to prove himself. But for the Bengals' sake... You've got T. Higgins. I mean, T. Higgins had a fantastic year last year, but is he guaranteed to be your number one guy that you'd want to be at that level next year? Probably, but Kenny Golladay would only help his development and really give the Bengals a lift. So I'd be, for one year, even if he was a case of like putting himself in the shop window, I'd take it, mate. And there's there's a chance that the Bengals might... You know, if he had a good year with the Bengals next year, he might want to stick around. You never know. Although, you know, he would cost, I think. Um, Absolutely. And I think a lot of people have said as well, what his option, his other option is Daniel Jones over at the New York Giants. Mm. Joe Burrow does come into play as a selling factor for the Bengals. And that is something that would definitely benefit us. You know, if he has a really productive year here or we take a big step forward. And even if, you know, even if he doesn't stick around, even if it's just purely to put himself in the shop window, it's a luxury player to have. He'd be, he if healthy and he played 16 games for us, he would be productive. There's no doubt about that. And he'd be a fantastic signing. So it's exciting to be linked with such a quality player, I would say. And don't Bengals fans know it? Uh, they're in all of a lather at the moment. They're frothing. Uh, the prospect of uh, Kenny Golladay becoming a Bengal. There's a long way to go, and he's got what a What are you big saying, th- some percentage-wise? Well, as we speak now, I reckon it's 50-50, because yeah. he's got to make a decision. Because the reports were he actually approached the Bengals because he wants to play with Joe Burrow. That was the report that was out there last night. Um, but he's got a decision to make. Does he want the security of a two-, three-year contract or does he take this one-year deal, has loads of fun in Cincinnati, gets his career back on track after an injury-plagued year last year, uh, and then when the cap opens back up next year, he can go out there and say, look, look at the year I've just had with Joe Boy, uh, got the Bengals to the playoffs, and uh, I'm keen. Who wants me? Who's going to pay me $15 million a year? Who's going to pay me $16 million? So he's yeah. got to make that. It's a tough decision to make. Well, other wide receivers, I mean, you you know, um, we all fancied Curtis Samuel, didn't we, who went to the the football team in Washington. Will Fuller has just gone to the, signed with the Dolphins, per reports. Um, but there's still some depth in the wide receiver class. So, again, if we don't get Golladay, I think just treat it like that. If It's a bit of fun. It's, it's a why not. It's a shot to nothing. And he would improve our team if we if we signed him i think do you know Absolutely. what he, sorry to interrupt. I, I, do, um, do you know what it reminds me of it reminds me if we get him it will remind me of the von bell signing last year after all the stuff that they did in free agency last year no one was expecting any other signings and then in came von bell out of nowhere because he was there and they they had the money and i thought why not he will improve our team and i think in the end he did actually improve our team um, so I think that could be like a, a sort of Von Bell situation, a luxury pick, but someone that you have to go for. You know, you do have to go for, I think. A hundred percent. I mean, I think Kenny Golladay would be one of the biggest free agents we've brought in in a while. I think he would plug in and be one of the better 
if not the best receiver we've had. I mean, I... <laughs> best receiver all... we've had? Well, no, no, we, we've got, I would say. Oh, right. But, sorry, um, but... I'm a Northern Illinois Husky fan, and Kenny Golladay is from Northern Illinois, small school. So I'd be, I'd love to have the geezer on board. He was an undrafted free agent when he got uh, drafted by the Lions, so he's really pushed through the odds. And I think he's still 27. He's six four. He's a big lad, great at the contested catches. Get the geezer in. It'd be such a good signing for us. I, I would absolutely love it. Uh, absolutely love to have him on board. Some breaking news uh, about the television contracts. Um, Thursday night football going to Amazon. Ooh. Monday night games can be flexed. That's interesting. CBS, Fox and NBC each get three Super Bowls. ABC gets two. So that's into the mix. And, of course, Drew Brees has joined NBC, I believe, after his retirement. Um so that's all very exciting, isn't it? Kenny Golladay, Riley Reef. Hopefully, I think we'll hear more about Riley Reef um, before we hear anything about Kenny Golladay, don't you? Um, I don't think we're getting Golladay. That's my last word. Okay, I right. love the geezer, but I think I think we're going to do well to outstretch New York. Is my prediction. Well, we'll see. Let's hope uh... Golladay. <laughs> Uh, comes to the Bengals. Now, let let us do some rewinding here, shall we? Uh, let's go back to the start of the week, because the mood now, compared to the mood at the start of the week, is very different indeed. So, um, I logged into Twitter on Monday, uh, onto the Bengals UK feed, at Hooday underscore UK, if you don't follow along and you'd like to. Um, expecting things to happen, and it all kicked off. And but the one thing I saw was that pretty much every UK fan group that I saw listed the names that they wanted in free agency. I think every one of them, bar about three, listed Joe Tooney top and Carl mm. Lawson second. And at that moment, I thought we haven't got a chance. We have not got a chance here. Um. Just because, you know, you know, how are we going to compete? We Bengals don't typically get into bidding wars, really. They don't offer huge amounts of guaranteed money. Uh, so they do tend to lose bidding wars quite quickly and easily. Um, so when Tooney signed for the... Well, also, it brings into play this argument. What, do you, what are you going to do? You're going to put all your financial eggs into the Joe Tooney basket... Uh, and sign quality over quantity and leave pretty much nothing, well, a, a, a much smaller chunk to to, to um, acquire more free agents? Or are you going to spread it around and go for quantity rather than top elite quality? So there's that argument. Um, so I wasn't surprised when uh, Joe Tooney signed for the Chiefs because, I mean, who wouldn't sign for the Chiefs? At that money... And the players he'll be playing with, I mean, it's a no-brainer. So I wasn't too upset about Tooney because I kind of thought we wouldn't stand a chance in getting him. Uh, but then this weird tweet came out supposedly from his sister saying that they both wanted to go to Cincinnati, but the Bengals lowballed him, which obviously every Bengals fan jumped on and, and used it as a stick to beat us with. 
again. Um, but yeah, I wasn't super disappointed with Joe Tooney. Uh, but by the end of play Monday, and certainly by the end of play Tuesday when Carl Lawson left, it wasn't looking like a great start to free agency, was it, at all? No, absolutely. And I think the Bengals fans have really locked in on Joe Tooney. I think they really thought that you got the Joe Burrow Ohio connection, you got his Ohio connection, you really felt like there might be um, a path there. Um, obviously, the Bengals got the money to spend as well. Like, I know the Bengals aren't necessarily the most aggressive players in free agency, but they absolutely could have spent the money on Joe Tooney. They could have match Kansas City's deal. The one thing I'd say with the Bengals, and this is a general point, is that Joe Burrow is a sexy person in your court. He's he's the real kingpin you've got. Mm. Outside of that, you're not selling much. You know, it's we've not been a great team for the last couple of years. You've got a head coach, and this is the key thing that I don't think people have talked about. If you're a player coming to Cincinnati, if we don't have a good year, and this is not just the quarterback position, this is any other position, if Zach Taylor is on the hot seat, if he do, if the Bengals have a bad year, he's going to be gone, and they don't win five, six games, Zach Taylor's a, like he's gone. A new coach comes in, you're off. So if you sign a multi-year deal here and you, you don't fit the new coach's plan, you're off. So you're gambling on the fact that you come in and you win games and Zach Taylor retains. So I think there's going to be a lot of players out there that are a little bit sceptical of like their agents are going to be in their ear and saying, look, like, you know, sign a deal here. But long term, we don't know if you, you know, you're going to be here in three, four years because there's no Zach Taylor is on a thin leash here. You know, he's not guaranteed any more time than that. So that's going to play into some free agents minds. So I think that's something, you know, I know people are saying, well, you know, Joe Tooney, why would he, you know, like you could have offered him the same money as a chief. You could have offered more money than that, which would have got silly and be completely outside of what the Bengals would want to spend. But there's other factors. There's factors on weather. There's factors on state taxes. There's factors on where your family's from, like where your in-laws are from, like all these things that you don't forget about, sorry, that you do forget about where people want to move to in the US is a big country. So I think the Bengals sometimes being in Ohio and obviously no disrespect to Ohio is a good place, but New York, like with Carl Lawson and places like that, they do have big appeal, you know, for various reasons. So it's tough for the Bengals to compete, I think, in that sense. I don't think that the Zach Taylor situation, the last couple of years situation, I don't think it's going to play in their favour massively for signing some of those top-tier guys, is one thing I'd say. And as going forward, the 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 Bengals' way of structuring contracts was laid bare, really, because you've got all these guys on Twitter now, and we, we spoke to Andre Perotta, who's brilliant, but, you know, all the guys from Locked On and whoever else, they're, they're kind of, you know, now take real interest in the cap, so they break it all down. And suddenly you can start to see patterns emerging in the way the Bengals work. And they typically, as I said, don't like to offer a shed load of guaranteed money. They like to front load contracts so they can get out the back end of, of deals quickly and, and easily or relatively easily if they if they need to. Um, which, you know, a lot of people praise them for that. You know, some people think it's smart. Some people think it's not smart when it comes to attracting new players 
in free agency. You know, they are skilled at working within the cap, you know, but I think a lot of people are saying the cap is a little bit uh, a misnomer. You look at the Rams and the Saints, you know, they've they basically fly quite close to the wind um, in terms of cap room and they've had to make some swinging cuts um, but they don't seem to care really. They just restructure deals and they just kind of, you know, they don't sweat it basically where the Bengals don't like to put themselves in that position. Again, it's quite a, it's a very conservative way of doing things. Some would say it's a very prudent way of doing things. But, um, but yeah, that came to light, especially when Lawson left. Um, what was your take on Lawson? I mean, I was I was disappointed. I thought we had a real shot in keeping Lawson, but um, and of course, it was a huge risk that they didn't franchise tag him because then suddenly you're allowing him to hit the market. Um, so I won't say the writing was on the wall because I think we still had a really good chance. But uh, I'd be interested to see what happened there. Why Lawson wasn't kept? Yeah, I mean, it's a big shame because I think the Bengals have always been big advocators of signing their own, retaining their own. And Carl Lawson was one of those guys that, from when he was drafted in the fourth round, he was a fantastic player. It just We could never get him on the field. There was a couple of injuries and, you know, he's never lit the sack numbers up. He's never been one of those guys that's been a huge, like, 15-sack-a-season guy or anything crazy like that. But... Clearly had talent, excellent player. You look at all his stats, like his PFF stats, his disruption stats, his how many sacks he's created stats. He was one of the best guys around the league. And I think there's a reason he was so highly sought after. And I think there's a reason the Bengals were like, shit, we can't afford to pay this guy. Or certainly didn't feel they could have paid him. But they but could afford to pay him. That's they the absolutely could have afforded to pay him. But that's why I think it's frustrating because... Trey Hendrickson, you've gone out and given him a four-year, $60 million deal, $32 million in the first two years. And Hendrickson, certainly from a sacks perspective, outweighs Carl Lawson. But I don't think there's many Bengals fans out there that would say, look, like, all right, cool, you've gone and spent money on this guy. Like, there's come in from the Saints. And Trey Hendrickson's a good player. I think everyone would have been very, very excited about Trey Hendrickson if they retain Carl Lawson, he'd have been yeah, a great... Yeah, right. That's a really good point. Yeah, someone that would have been a brilliant guy to sit alongside Carl Lawson. But it feels like a lot of money and it feels like a lot of effort to give someone like him that sort of money when you've let go of Carl Lawson because it doesn't feel like an upgrade. It feels like a sidestep if you're being generous. And I know, I don't know, obviously Hendrickson's got the more sacks and he's got that in his locker, but... By all accounts, in terms of production, certainly if you look at the lines, I mean, the Saints have got Cam Jordan, one side, wreaking havoc. Mm. And the Bengals really last year, as we all know... Well, Lawson really, was the man. Lawson yeah, was he it. he was the guy. I mean, he was the guy doing the job and doing it on his own. And you think, Jesus, you give him a line where there's production and you give him a few pieces around him and he's healthy for the first time, mm. what sort of production could he do? And I think that's going to be a really sad sort of thing to sort of see elsewhere. And I think the question, the, the honest question is obvious is that this is a guy you've drafted. He knows the system. He knows Luana Rumo's defense. He lives in Cincinnati. We drafted this guy. 
you know what you're getting. You're probably not going to see any drop off from him. Why let him go? You've got the cap room. He's a very good player. He's very highly sought after. He should want to stay. There's no reason he should leave. Like This is what people do in the league. You draft good players. You mm. nurture them. You want to keep them. And I think the argument for a lot of Bengals fans is, why should it come down to money with a guy like this? Why should a guy... I mean, I know New York's a very attractive market, so you can understand well, I that. Well, I don't think it was New York particularly. Uh, Jason Lacanfora tweeted something or kind of put the two deals side by side because they're quite similar in terms of in terms of money and all the rest of it one was heavy up top in terms of guarantees and one was not and guess which one was not it was the Trey yeah. Hendrickson deal so they got Bengals got a decent deal for Trey Hendrickson in terms of um uh you know again a conservative prudent way of doing things but Lawson just went for the um, more guaranteed money. So, I guess who can blame him, really? Um, but it is a shame. It is a great shame, I think, because I still think you need some pass rush help. I think you needed to sign someone on top of Carl Lawson. But then, well, you know, I, so... I think I think brutally, honestly, we're worse off with Trey Hendrickson because he doesn't know the system. He's coming in from New Orleans. He's got to learn. Like, I think whenever you've got someone who's good, like, I know you're a good podcast host, son. You're great. You're a good lad. If I go and get some geezer <laughs> to host this podcast... Like who, for podcast, instance? Yeah. If I get another geezer to host this podcast, I don't know how he's going to adapt to me. Like, what's he going to yeah, be yeah. like? You know what I mean? Like, But then again, that's football, though, isn't it? I hate to sound it like is, a But I just feel like when machine, you've got but... someone who's already good, like, you don't need to co- re, like, reinvent the wheel with it. Like, And yeah. that's why I think there's a big value to, like, keeping your own guys. Like, with William Jackson, which we'll come on to... If they're good, if they work, if they live in the area, they're settled. They want to stay. Like people, they're all human beings here. It's like all of us in our own jobs. If you, you know, if you if you enjoy where you are, you'll stay. And I just think that with Carl Lawson, especially Carl Lawson, because I really feel like he had a high ceiling. I don't think he met his ceiling. He's 24, 25 years old. Carl Lawson. Mm. He has some room to grow. And I just think, yeah, he wanted some money, and you might have overspent on him. But the one criticism I'd have of the Bengals is that they're afraid of overspending on a player. And I think sometimes, see, I don't, I don't disagree. I disagree with that because they've they overspent on Hendrickson, and they overspent on yeah, Trey mate. Waynes, and they overspent on a few other guys because they have to because they, they they're a losing on, they team. They only overspent on Trey Waynes because he didn't play. I think if Trey Waynes had been healthy and had a good season last year, we, it'd be hard to judge that. Hendrickson, we don't know yet. Like, we've we got to see what he's got. Obviously, he's coming off a 13 and a half, 14 sacks. So, you know, there's an argument of, like, you don't know if they've overspent yet. But if you say they overspent on Hendrickson, why not overspend on Carl Lawson? Well, that's it. That's the thing. I, don't think, I don't think they're afraid of overspending because they have done in the last few years, and because, precisely because, they're a bad football team and they that's how they get players to come to Cincinnati. Yeah. They overspend. Well, uh, that, it's a, a dangerous good, it's Again, a dangerous would it not be easier to, to keep your own guy where you don't have to convince on... Oh, 100%. I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you, but I'm just so saying... So shouldn't it be cheaper to keep a guy that's your own? That's, you know, I guess that's the argument, isn't it? Well, then, then yes, it, I guess, but then if a guy hits free agency, then you are taking matters into your own hands. And 
suddenly you're you know the Jets have got I think the Jets had like I don't know Jets got so many the most cat yeah like 70 million or something ridiculous and he gets to play with Robert Sala who's a good obviously good defensive coach come from the 49ers so there are some you know nice things going on in New York because they're not a great team they're worse than the Bengals for God's sake um So it is infuriating. Um, Shall we just go through what what they've re-signed? Brandon Allen, just say yay, nay, happy with that? Yeah. Okay. Fine, like, no problem. Like, yeah, fine, fine, absolutely fine. (laughs) Okay. Clark Harris? Yeah, great, brilliant. Uh, Mike Thomas? Uh, The same noise I made with Brandon Allen. Okay, all right. Uh, Samaje P. Ryan. Yeah, I think he deserved that, Nagisa. I mean, I, I think you probably could have drafted a seventh-round running back and done the same job, but he did work his ass off the geezer, and he's got a great beard, so I give him it. <laughs> his beard deserved uh, a contract all of its own, I think. Two-year uh, contract as well. Yeah, yeah he's earned it. As you commitment. say, he's yeah, earned it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Davis. <laughs> Go on. Tony, Go on, Jalen. Tony Brown. Yeah, depth at it, you know, cool. Brandon Wilson. Brandon Wilson's a good re-sign. I think that's the one everyone would have anticipated. That's a good one. So he re-signed seven guys. Hopefully Hubes is going to be soon. Um, maybe Mike Daniels. There's a, there's a call for Mike Daniels to be re-signed. Um, Imagine and... if Kevin Uber doesn't re-sign. I mean, that would just be right. absurd. Because it? it feels like right. the most, like hand-in-glove signing ever, doesn't it, with Kevin Huber? I agree. Well, you'd think so. You'd hope so. I think he still re- deserves his place. Um, I do. Absolutely. We have also signed, as we mentioned, Trey Hendrickson. Um, who should we go to next? Last night we signed Larry Ogunjobi from uh, the former Browns uh, defensive tackle. Uh, Chidobi Awuzi, the former Cowboys cornerback, and Mike Hilton, the former Steelers slot cornerback. Now, as you mentioned, before yesterday, everyone was pretty glum and ready to uh, burn things to the ground. Um, things started to happen yesterday with the signing of uh, Woozy, Hilton and Ogunjobi late in the day. The signing of um, Awuzi is obviously made because William Jackson has left. Um, and again, you could argue, and I, I, I think it's a pretty sound argument, that he's not as good as William Jackson. From what I've seen, he's a fun player to watch. He's got some really nice, likeable traits, um, but he's not as good as William Jackson. Um, so we've signed Trey Hendrickson and Chidobi Awuzi, players with tremendous upside. Uh, I think Awuzi had a bad year last year, but looked good the year before, former second-round pick. Hendrickson had a terrific year last year, pretty much out of nowhere. Or maybe that's a bit unfair, but, you know. So we are taking some gambles here um, to replace um, established guys, you know, and uh, top half of the league guys. So you could argue that we've we've got worse in those positions. I think that's be fair to say. Although it's not necessarily a knock on these guys because they're both good players, you know. They're not amazing all accounts but they're good players when and with Hendrickson you just you know there's a lot a lot of upside there we've also signed just finish off um we also signed Mike Hilton as well now I think that's where we have improved in the slot position he's an absolute animal he's an absolute nutcase 
He blitzes like a madman. Uh, there's a slight worry about him in coverage, but up and around the line. I was watching some some clips of him yesterday. Goodness me. He he almost plays like a linebacker on that line. He sheds blocks. He, he you know, stuffs gaps. He's not, he, you know, he sacks the quarterback. Um, so I do think we've improved in the slot corner position. But as for uh, Awuzi and Hendrickson, I'm not sure whether we've improved in those positions. No, I agree. I think that I think the maths for Bengals fans is you compare Trey Hendrickson with Carl Lawson. Most fans would lead into Carl Lawson. You compare Awuzi with William Jackson. I think most fans would lead towards William Jackson. I think if you compare Mike Hilton and McKen- Mackenzie Alexander, you probably lead towards Mike Hilton. I mean, it's obviously always great to steal a player from the AFC North, in particular Pittsburgh. And that's it, really. I mean, we, we talked at the start of the show about Riley Reff and Kelly Golladay. They'd be fantastic signings. That changes the picture. But where we are now, what I just said, those three guys side by side is the reality. And I'm always a big believer that stick with your own guys if they're good. And Carl Lawson and William Jackson are great players. We drafted them. William Jackson was a first-round pick. He missed his first year, obviously, with injuries. And... I think it's a real shame to let those guys go. I just think that if you said to me, who would you rather, William Jackson or a Woozy and Carl Lawson or Hendrickson, I'd say 100% Lawson and Jackson. And I think that's the thing for the Bengals. They've always typically been a team that would re-sign those guys and maybe not make particularly flashy signings, mm. but re-sign their own. And I think you would have said if you were the Bengals and you re-signed Carl Lawson and William Jackson – Fans have been buzzing, absolutely buzzing with that. And maybe you go out there and with the cat room you have, you go and get Riley Ref and Kenny Golladay as the main additions. And as a free agency period, as a team with a lot of cat room, you've got Carl Lawson back, you've got William Jackson back, and you get two guys like that. So you've got your offensive lineman with Riley Ref, great, strong starting lineman, get him in. Hmm. And obviously, Penai Saul's there on the draft, hopefully. And you've got Kenny Holiday, brilliant, banging. But I think when you just swap in stuff like that, like Carl Lawson for Hendrickson and Jackson for Woozy, it's like, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, God. And I think people like Mackenzie Alexander. And I think that, you know, with a guy like Mike Hilton coming in, and Mike Hilton's a good player, and he's in the AFC North, and brilliant, we stole him off of Pittsburgh. But... That probably says that Mackenzie Alexander's not coming back, and he was one of the guys that. Oh, he's not coming uh, back. Absolutely not. If they no, absolutely him. not. And I think a, a lot of Bengals fans would have <laughs> said, "Well, he's a good player last year. You know, he he worked hard and he did quite well in in places." So, as much as these guys are considered additions, you swapping them for guys that weren't a problem. I wouldn't. Have, Carl Lawson, William Jackson, and, McKell- and Mackenzie Alexander were not problems. Um. No, I, and you're creating, I agree with you. You're creating variables by bringing in Hendrickson, yeah, Mike Hilton, and yeah. Chidobi Awuzie. So that's my worry. There is that you're bringing in talent that is—it's not unknown, but it, it's a variable versus what you had already that was pretty good. Mm. See, I slightly disagree with Mackenzie Alex, and I thought he was fine. But Mike Hilton does represent an upgrade, no question about it. No, that's that's fair enough. I, I he's the guy I would agree with you on. But and I think I also th- the signing of Ogan Joby is terrific. Actually, um, inconsistent, yes, but I think you know if Gino's going to go, which he is, we need another three technique. 
and him and Reader together is quite an exciting, um, quite an exciting prospect, I have to say. Do, um, do you think that's a done deal, Gino? Because I, I know obviously. No, they, I, I, I've got a suspicion that actually he might stick around. But well, I was going to ask you about that because obviously I think a lot of people there's this like heavy rumor that always oh, going to be cut. What do you think, son? Well, if he does get cut, it would make sense because it's nine odd million uh, off the cap straight away. Um, and also Bobby Hart is another five and a half, six million, whatever. So suddenly you're freeing up a lot of space. His production has declined significantly the past couple of years. And obviously last year was a, a non-starter for him. So it would kind of make sense. He's 33, but you know, you love to see, you would love to see Gino end his, his career in stripes, wouldn't you really? Um, but then again, there's a chance. What if they cut him and then bring him back? I don't know if that's allowed, actually, but bring him back on a much, much reduced rate. You know, that might happen. Um, but I think the signing of Ogan Joby is the writing on the wall, really. But going back to William Jackson, I think, for me, it's a scheme thing with Anarumu. Um, that obviously doesn't fit what he wants or what he likes and what he's trying to achieve. People say that there's no plan with Anaruma, I disagree. I think he does have a plan, uh, which is exactly why he got rid of uh, Jackson. Um, Jackson's more of a man coverage guy, and um, and actually that doesn't play to his strengths. You know, uh, at least uh, Anaruma's scheme doesn't play to his strengths, and vice versa. And uh, Awuzie is more of his own guy. So Trey Wayne's Chidobi Awuzie. I'm excited to see them. I, I don't think they're bad players. It's just that, as you say, they're not quite as good as what we had, you know. And that's that's. But then again, I like Ogan Joby, and I really like Mike Hilton signing. So, well, I think I think I think Trey Waynes is the guy there that everyone's missing because he. I mean, you talk sometimes about, and as we have as Bengals fans, that guys we've drafted in the first round that have not played in their first year are like almost like extra draft picks. But Trey Waynes is the epitome of that as a free agent because we signed him last year. He was a big signing in free agency and he didn't play a game last year. So for him, for us, for coming the coming year, what an addition. You know, I know we've mm. paid him the money. He's going to be there next year. Yeah. That's a huge addition for us as like our number one corner. And you think if you had him healthy last year, you know, him and William Jackson on the same team, a bit like with Gino. And DJ Reader. Yeah, yeah. If you just, from an injury perspective, have had them together, like how could that have been different on defense? So I am excited to see what we've got in Trey Waynes because we just don't know. He's not played a snap for us yet. And that's a free agent sign that we don't know we've had. So it's exciting to see what we've got with him. Would have loved him to be paired with um, WJ3, but all the best to him in DC. Isn't it funny, stroke interesting, stroke weird, that um, they chose to go out and remake their secondary instead of remaking their offensive line? Um, that was interesting to me. I'm not against it particularly, and I do think they'll draft another cornerback, actually. But um, yeah. You say that, though. I mean, this is the thing on the offensive line, right? It, it's easy. Obviously, it was a big position of weakness but you you've got Jonah Williams I don't think anyone even as a fan of the organization thinks that Jonah Williams is not going to be an integral part of that offensive line so he he's plugged in 
I think everyone expects the Bengals to sign Panay Saul, who's going to be obviously an incredible mm. part of the line as well. So you've got him there. And I think if you look at the other positions on the line, like there are some guys that like Xavier Suofilo, like I know no one really knows they've got with him, but he was always you're considered risking, like... You're taking your life into your own hands here, Nathan. But yes, go on. Well, well Xavier Suofilo, like he, he could be like an an average guard, which is fine. And then Trey Hopkins, like, I mean, whether you want to play him at guard, which is his old position or center, you're only a guy away from being okay. So if you've got Riley Reff in, all of a sudden you're like, well, actually we're in a great position there because who are you missing out of Riley Reff, Panay Sewell and Bobby Hart? One of those guys drop into the bench and it's probably going to be Bobby Hart. Well, you'd, you'd probably move one of them in, inside, you know. Well, in which case that's not a bad line. I mean, You've got to remember last year, we didn't have Panay Saul, we didn't have Riley Riff, we didn't have any of these guys. We were really playing with injuries and, you know, Jonah Williams didn't play a whole, de- a whole amount. So I do think that, you know, the line is a big position of need and we will probably draft someone, whether it be the first round or the second round, a guy that's going to come in and immediately start. Like, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And if you get a good guy in free agency, we were, what, three, four days in? Yeah, the exactly. Will sign oh, this, this, they this, will sign someone. This, like, is I know the, people... this is the key yeah. that people were forgetting. There is the draft to come. There are roster, yeah, and, and... There are roster cuts to come. This is just exactly. the first part of the process. So, exactly. Exactly. you know, and... we've got until the end of the summer, really, because people pick up guys when, you know... People have to trim their rosters right at the end of pre-season and there might be pickups there to be had. So this is the first part in the process and that's something I'm absolutely... People losing their minds last this week were just ridiculous, frankly. And I know, you know, once you when you see other teams like, you know, you see the Patriots sign about a million players and, you, and again, like the draft, you kind of earmark the guys that you really like and then when those guys sign somewhere else you're angry you're angry at the team and this is just rubbish this is the first part in the process and um you know if they can get a goal a day that is suddenly you know taken off the need well actually you'd want to draft another wide receiver because if goal a day is a a one-year guy so but basically you want to fill as many gaps uh, as you can in free agency, and then draft for development, uh, you know, next month, you know. So it's the start agree. of the process, man. It really is. Yeah, I completely agree. And the difference between where we are now, like if you had to sit there and say to me, right, with what we've got on the table, I would say we're probably at a C or a D or like maybe a, maybe a like low C. Yeah, I'm going C. I think that's a fair but, amount. But, I, I like the players that they've signed, but... It's not been outstanding yet. But, but what I'm saying is, if you get a Kenny Golladay, if that breaks on Twitter as we're talking, and Riley Ref signs, that's that's a B plus hmm. nearly. You know, you you've lost out, and you you know Lawson and Jackson replacing with guys that are sort of comparable. You've upgraded Mackenzie Alexander with Mike Hilton. Riley Ref's a great player to come in. Kenny Golladay's a game changing player. Like he he's a fantastic player. Well, it's, it's one, a real headline, two. right? It's a statement signing as well. It is, and that's that's that, as a fan, you want guys that you want to put in your jerseys. And I would say the Bengals in free agency have not signed a player that. 
is a jersey worthy player until te- since Terrell Owens, who came in as a sort of washed up like Hall of Famer veteran. Like it's been a long time since you sign a guy like that. Kenny Golladay, if he was to stick around, that'd be the best sign the Bengals have made in free agency for the best part of twenty years that I've been a fan. And wow. that would be an exciting sight. I mean, it would be though. Who who else would like? I'm I'm looking back at the Sam Adams days. You know, <laughs> yeah, the, all right. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. been a long time since we've signed a guy that's been that. Been a long time. And, um, <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, let's get to our correspondences because they, they they kind of uh, touch on these subjects that we've been. I was quite enjoying about. you seeing this. I was disappointed. Uh, no, that no, there's, there's more to come. I think next week we're going to have. Uh, anyway, no. Uh, proud citizen of Wolftown at Robbo Macca. Um, <laughs> can somebody explain to me the upside for us on signing Golladay on a one-year deal, please? Now, Robbo has been on Twitter all day. He's been exasperated, tearing his hair out, trying to figure out why on earth we're going for Kenny Golladay. I hope we've sort of shared our views during this episode, Robbo, but... Um, yeah, a one-year deal might not be bad. It will fire at the franchise, as you say. He's a genuinely good player. He might want to stick around afterwards. And also, he, he might actually help T. Higgins' development. And also, if we lose... You know, this is obviously all to do if we signed Kenny Golladay, which is still a very much up in the air, um, and we we lose him after a year, we get a third-round pick, a comp pick, a third-round comp pick. Ooh, didn't even think about that. Juicy didn't... McJuicington. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I think I think that I get it. I understand why people are going a bit. Some people are going a bit nuts because a where's the offensive line and b why on earth would you want to just sign this guy for a year? But I think the pros outweigh the cons on this one, and it would just fire the fan base up. It would make us a hundred percent, and more crucially, it would make us a better team. And that's kind of exactly what we've been debating in this episode. Are we a, as it stands right now yeah. on a Thursday yeah. night, the eighteenth of March, yeah, five to nine in the evening? Are we a better team? <laughs> and I would say, ooh, I'm not sure. No, I completely agree. And Kelly Golladay is an elite player. I mean, if you just look at his PFF grade for 2020, and I don't want to be one of those guys, but 81.6 for the limited amount of snaps that he played. He, like you said, son, he's an upgrade. It doesn't matter if he's around for a year. Let him be around for a year. He's a quality player. And even if it's a luxury position, bring him in, pay him. It's not our money. Like He'd be a good, like a brilliant guy to help guys like T Higgins and Tyler Boyd in case of an injury. Because right now where we are, if we go Penai Sewell at number five and our number one and two guys are T Higgins and Tyler Boyd, God forbid T Higgins gets injured at some point, you're literally the only guy you've got with any speed is Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd's not a fast wide receiver. Alden Tate is the guy behind him. He's even less fast. He's a very slow guy. Great catch volume, but he's not got any speed. You've got nothing behind that. That's literally it. And Kenny Golladay is a big lad. He's got some speed. He's 6'4". He's a 4'5 speed. He went to my um, football team, Northern Illinois, at college, he's a young lad as well. He'd be fantastic, and he'd be an elite player to stick in there and say, "Look, if someone got hurt here, we'd still have some talent." And I just think that 
even if you don't go with receiver at five, and I really don't think the Bengals are going to do that. Like, I really don't think they are. I think Panayasaw is going to be there. I think he's going to be the pick. But if he's not, the Bengals are thin at wide receiver. You've just lost AJ Green. And I know, obviously, AJ wasn't at his best last year, only about 500 yards. But still, he, AJ was a part of that offense last year. John Ross has gone as well, obviously not a part. Mm. But it's really not a strong receiver core. And I think the people that love Auden Tate and are big Auden Tate fans, he's not a guy you can rely on well, at I the number actually, three spot. Well, I think, actually, there's a comparison if, to be made between Golladay and Auden Tate. They're both very big units. But uh, Golladay is more explosive, quicker, and better than Auden Tate. He's, oh, of course. Auden Tate it's... is almost like a poor man's version of Kenny Golladay, I think. Yes. I've always thought. And that's not denigrating Auden because I really like him as a player. But No, oh, of course. And Auden Tate, Auden Tate is your number four, five man. Mm. You know, that's absolutely what he is. He's an interesting player. He's someone you want to give a few snaps to. But. T. Higgins is going into his second year, and Tyler Boyd is a very, very, very talented slot receiver. But one of them gets hurt, especially T. Higgins. Who on earth for Joe Burrow is running down the field? Mike Thomas, obviously, they've re-signed him. We didn't really talk about that, but Mike Thomas is not a guy that's going to do anything no, like that. No, of course not. So, He's a back of, the, a back of the roster kind of Exactly. Guy. So I, I just think Kenny Golladay would be such a luxury signing. Even if it's for a year, great, cool. I, I'm cool with that. Absolutely fine with it. Peter Dadswell at Dadders. So far, a defence-centric free agency. Does this point to an offence-centric draft? I mean, again, it's impossible to say because if we suddenly sign Reef and Golladay, that kind of ish balances Ken- a little bit, you know. Kenny um- Golladay, sorry, son. Kenny <laughs> Golladay, he's just like a great shag. Right. Why would you complain about having it once? If it was just a great shag, even for <laughs> a, a year. A great one night. Well, it would one just year. be like exactly that, wouldn't it? If you had a great one nighter with a beautiful man or woman, you'd just be like, great, cool. That's it. Oh, yeah, I wish it would have happened more, but like it would have benefited you. So I'd, I'd be absolutely <laughs> happy with Kenny Golladay for a year. Kenny, yeah, come on. Nathan wants to have intercourse with Kenny Golladay. You heard it here first. <laughs> Just um, for a year, though. But in terms of what Pete is saying, I think he's sort of angling for do we hit the offence um, in the draft. I still think we need another pass, pass rusher. I do. Absolutely. There's, I wonder, depending on whether we re-sign Josh Bynes or not, whether some linebacking help again. Uh, although that's going to be low down. But yeah, you've got to think. I would still, t- depending on the Golladay deal, if Golladay signed, depending on the Golladay deal, you'd still want to sign a wide receiver in rounds three or four, I think, to develop uh, in that room. I agree. You know, and then you've got to hit the offensive line. I mean, even if we sign... Riley Reef, then we've got to still. I'm still worried about the interior. I, you know, I'm I'm still worried about uh, what happens after Riley Reef. So, yeah. Just, do you not think the whole situation, like if you if we were sat here tonight saying that Golladay and Riley Reef were signed, hmm. the difference between saying they weren't and they went elsewhere, and all of a hmm. sudden you're like, because behind Kenny Golladay with you said just as we got on the broadcast like Curtis Samuel went last night and you know there's a few other guys like Will Fuller that have gone uh, I think he went to Miami Will Fuller all of a sudden it's like oh there's not that many you know all of a sudden the, the talent pool starts to disintegrate a little bit and all you know the difference between having a Golladay and a Riley Reef on your side and against 
is the difference between this potentially being a very successful or arguably unsuccessful free agency period for the Bengals. So it's a critical period at the moment I think we're in. It is Bengals Anon at Bengals Anon. Are you all in on Saul at five? And if not, would you rather trade back and hopefully grab some more picks? I'm a big fan of trading back and grabbing more picks, but if Saul's there, I'm taking Saul. Absolutely. That's the end Saul, of it. Saul, like, regardless of... I mean, certainly now with all the top one, you know, the top tier free agents off the ball at the tackle position, if Panay Saul's there at five, it'd be crazy not to take him for me. Duncan Newton at Slam Dunk the Funk. Solid handle. If we sign Golliday, do you think a Madonna-inspired parody song to Holiday is on the cards? I think you've already heard a snippet of it this evening, Duncan. But yes, I'll we'll, be we will be buzzing. Yeah, we will be working on that for sure. Um, Andrew Dockerell at Dockers seventy-seven on a scale of one to riot. How would you feel if free agency ended today? I think it would be very near to riots because. We haven't signed an offensive lineman. We haven't signed a wide receiver. Um, we've let people like Carl Lawson... Well, we haven't let, but, you know, Carl Lawson and uh, William Jackson have gone. Seaton Carter is also a very underrated departure, I think. He was a great yeah. special teams player, and um, I think we'll, we'll miss him. Um, so, yeah, yeah, if it ended today... Uh, then there would be, you know, it would be near to riots, I would say. I agree. And I think the most underrated free agent the Bengals have lost is AJ Green. And I can't well, believe i Shall we just get on to that, that, Nathan? The final yeah. question tonight is Troy Snyder at Troy underscore Snyder. Um, have you ever had a harder time watching a player leave the Bengals than AJ Green? I was thinking about that. I was, a, you know, I was never a fan of Dalton. I mean, I was a fan of Dalton, but I was never like a massive fan of Dalton. So, but I was, I was actually watching all the videos and the tributes. I was, you know, I was upset about it. Um, you know, I was a big fan of Michael uh, Johnson. Disappointed more than upset when he left. It was on the cards. But I, so yeah, I'm going to say AJ Green because that that lovely video that the Bengals did. Um, more or less brought me to tears. It was crazy. Um, so yeah, it's and seeing him sign in in Arizona today. That's weird. Um, so yeah, I think AJ. It's tough. Everyone loved AJ, didn't they? I don't. I don't think anybody didn't love AJ. Um, and it was it was very hard to watch. But again, it was on the card. So it wasn't something that was out of the blue particularly. It was just something that kind of had to happen really. No, oh, 100%. AJ Green, I mean, will always go down as one of the best Bengals players. Ever? Ever. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Really, I mean, he, he's not a million miles off 10,000 receiving yards, 65 touchdowns, an incredible player. I just think that for the Beng like for the last two years, for Bengals fans, he hasn't done a lot. In 2018, his season was cut short. He didn't play in 2019. And in 2020, for what we paid him on the franchise tag... I'm, you know, and I'm, I'm not going to sit here and swing, you know, dead punches at AJ, but for 500 yards and two touchdowns for the franchise tag, mm. about 15, 16 million or whatever it was, extraordinary amount of money for that production. But just in pure and just my token to AJ, I love the guy, incredible professional, such a good player here from 2011 to 2020. 
a decade's worth of service. One of the best guys we'll ever have at the position. I'm going to miss him dearly. But just looking to the future and just looking purely at production, he was worth about 520-odd yards last year and a couple of touchdowns. That's not just like – and I know obviously he wasn't A.J. Green as we knew him last year, but that's still a reasonable amount of production to replace. You know, 47 receptions he had. Who's replacing him there? Because that's that's sort of a, a number three, number sort of a poor number two level of production. And obviously you've got T. Higgins, who's going to step up. You've got Tyler Boyd. They, yeah, they're your two. Auden Tate's never been that guy. And I just don't think you can seriously re- expect him to step in. And behind those three, if there's an injury, there's nothing. <clears throat> so the Bengals, have, the wide receiver position is a real issue for the Bengals because especially with wide receivers, it's hard to dip into rounds two, three, four, five and get a guy that's going to come in and just immediately plug that gap. Even for four or 500 yards and a touchdown or two, it's hard, you know, for someone to come in and immediately do that. So I do think that the Bengals have got to sign someone in free agency that can at least come in and sort of do something like that. And obviously Kenny Golladay would be incredible, but even if it's a guy that's, you know, a sort of, you know, a, a little bit sort of a bridge between him and that sort of second, third round sort of, or sorry, second, third position on the roster. I, I do think it is a position of need. I really strongly do. Yeah, I agree. And I think we should address that down the line. But yeah, I, I, I echo what you say about AJ. It's been a real privilege to watch him play over the years. And of course, we got to see him in the flesh in 2016 when he played in London. Had a great game as well. Um, how do, how do, just quickly, Sam, how yeah. do you think you'll fare in Arizona? It's going to be difficult to... I don't know is the short answer. Um, he'll obviously be motivated and playing with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins is a big thing for him. JJ Watt. Yeah, I mean, they're all in it to win it, aren't they? But I just still don't know whether the juice is there that has been. I still think he's good for 30, 40 uh, receptions a year but whether that's enough I don't know I don't blame him for trying and I don't blame the Cardinals for trying because his pedigree is superb on and off could, the pitch you know could he in your opinion have a thousand yard season again you think there's a chance that he was injured last year he wasn't in his right form and actually in the right market with the right coaching I think I alongside think, Larry I think, Fitzgerald he could still well, rip I, it up and have 800 yards um yes is the short answer yeah um, I don't know what went on. You just don't know when what went on. Um, I think he was injured, and it was obviously very frustrating. I think, you know, he he reached a level of comfort with the Marvin Lewis staff that obviously he hadn't got with uh, with Zach and Brian Callahan. But he's a professional. You should, you know, react to to kind of change like that quite quite easily. You would have thought. Um, I don't know. I, be... At this moment in time, I'm just I'm just into the idea of remembering AJ and and um, you know you kind of almost took it for granted some of the catches that he made and some mm. of the plays that he made and the touchdowns he scored. But it does feel like the end of an era, doesn't it? You know, Dalton's oh, gone, absolutely, yeah. Dunlap's gone, AJ's gone. Gino will, you know, there's a high probability that Gino's gone. The cornerstones from that Marvin Lewis, uh, that very good Marvin Lewis team, is pretty much gone now. And that's kind of sad, isn't it, I think? But especially AJ, I, 
because yeah. cause he, you know he's such a pro and he was such a great player i think if you if you were to name your best ever bengal's 11 i think him chad and isaac curtis would be yeah. the receivers i mean that's that's how good he was and you know there, there's some players like eddie brown and Carl Pickens in there and TJ Hushmanzada, um, you know, that deserve uh, much praise. But those, you know, AJ, well, Chad always says that AJ is the best out of the lot of them, you know, so. Yeah. Well, you saw that video the Bengals put out and Marvin Lewis quite clearly says, have you ever seen a guy with this sort of potential a wide receiver position this early? And he's just like, no, I've not seen a guy this talented. And I think, the one thing you forget with any guy that that becomes a Bengals legend is just how long it takes for that. I mean, T. Higgins is a great player and what we've seen from him in a year, but how long does it take him to be an AJ-level player? It's five, six, seven years of absolutely quality performance, persistent performance, and that's what AJ gave us. He's pretty much close to a decade's worth of elite performance and incredible catches and someone that other people knew around the league as being an absolute talent. And that's why even after a really poor last year, the Arizona Cardinals are going to give him eight, $10 million worth of money because they're like, we're going to roll the dice on this guy because he has been such a good player. And there'll be so many Cardinals fans out there that even though we saw last year, Cole, we didn't think he was great. They'll say this guy can turn it around. He's only 32, 33. He's got some engine left in him. And I, I mean, I wish AJ all the best. Like you said, son, last night, like that video the Bengals social media team put out, unbelievable video. And it, it really pulls on the old heartstrings. They missed out. I, and I, I know why they did it, but I would say my biggest AJ catch was the AJ McCarron one in the, the yeah. Pittsburgh game. I, I, that yeah. was the. The as a Bengals fan, but I've been the Bengals fan for twenty years. I know it's the wrong time to say it, but that's the happiest I've been when he caught that ball. I mean, great catch, incredible comeback, and I always remember AJ for that, and obviously for being such a class act. So, yep. no one will be if he ever comes back to Cincinnati, of Arizona, or of any other team. I think he's only going to get an extremely warm reception. And thank you so much, AJ, for. An incredible career here. In DD, um, I think we're going to have a proper AJ tribute next episode. I think because uh, you know Gino, he deserves it. Gino might be gone as well, so we might have a big. Well, old we will be episode. back with another episode next week, and it's difficult to know which day to put them out because they, obviously things are moving so quickly. Um, but I think things might settle down after this week. Um, so maybe we'll be back Monday. Maybe we'll be back Wednesday. Who knows? It's it's we're crazy like that. We will let you know on our Twitter feed at Hooday underscore UK, on our Facebook feed uh, Bengals UK. Uh, but until that moment, stay calm, everybody. And it's a Hooday from me. And a Hooday from me. Cheers, guys. <laughs>